God is good to us. Mm, mm, mm. Father, we thank you tonight that your anointing is on your word. Lord, your anointing is on me, the vessel, to deliver the word. And the word that goes forth does not return void, but it accomplishes what it's set out to accomplish. Very simple. Very simple. But Lord, we understand that without understanding, without belief in who you are in your word, nothing produces. Unbelief squelches, quenches, shuts down any activity that your word, your desire to bless us is working on our behalf. It shuts it down. Unbelief does. We must believe who we are, whose we are, who we belong to, and we must believe in who you are. Tonight, we thank you, we honor you, and we bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen? And amen. Praise God. Had a good day? Well, if you didn't, came to the right place. Amen. So, we ended our series two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. Well, no, last week we had uh, Brian and Joey shared. They did a good job. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. So, they ended our, our series on words are the key, or the keys to the kingdom, to opening up things, words are, and so they ended that. And so, um, tonight, and a little bit throughout the summer, we're going to do some reruns. So, it's our summer rerun. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to share something that I started um, right at the beginning of June, right when we came back to services after we were out for COVID for two months, and uh, we came back um, right at the end of May, and that's when I started this series on Wednesday nights entitled True Authority. And um, so I've kind of gone back over and reworked this message a little bit. And uh, I've never preached the same message twice, <laughs> ever. Something always changes. And so, tonight I, I want to just talk about authority and, and true authority. Um, there are, as everybody knows, there's many different types of authority. There's civil authority, there's parental authority, there's authority in the business world, in the church world. And there's God's authority that actually is all of those different authorities should flow through and under God's authority. Where they don't, that's why there's a mess. You know, people say, well, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the world, but God's in control. <laughs> not the God I know. Not a, he's not in control of this mess down here, right? 
that people have messed up because people don't understand the authority of God and how to operate in the authority of God. And because of that, we find ourselves, you know, in these different types of authority like civil authority, governmental authority, because people don't honor God and, and, and they're not, you know, listening to God in a lot of, of that authority. I believe it's all changing. I really believe it's changing. But because they don't and they don't listen to God, then government doesn't work correctly. There's the government of God and it works correctly. And if the government of God operated 100% in the government of the United States of America, everything would flow perfect. But it does not because of what? People. People come up with their own ideas and people choose to not honor God and not flow with the government and the, and the kingdom of God, God's way of doing and operating in the earth. And because of that, there's a mess out there. And it's in this country and it's in a lot of countries all over the planet the planet's in a mess because of the lack of God. I'm not, I'm not prophesying that over our nation. I believe in our nation. We're here, and our nation is blessed because we're here, because people are here, because people of God are here, and things are getting better in our nation, but things have been a mess. And no government official, nobody we vote in or anything else, and I'm telling you to vote, I'm telling you to get behind the system that we have, whether you know, in, in the midst of all of its flaws and everything else, get behind it. But I'm telling you right now, nobody's going to save this nation but God and God alone. Amen. And it's not God rescuing us from the clouds. It's God that's in us changing the way that we think and operate. And then one person at a time, we change the world. It's God in us. The Bible says, Christ in me Christ in you, revealed in you, is the hope of the world and the nations. It's Him revealed in us. That's the key to our success. And so, tonight I, I want to look at, <clears throat> at, just at the life of Jesus where authority is concerned. A little bit different than we did the last time we taught on this. You know, just look just strictly at the life of Jesus and the authority that He operated in. We know tonight, you've been here, if you've been around here for very long, you know, because we teach it all the time, Jesus was not here on the earth as the Son of God. He didn't come to the earth to become something that He already was. He came to the earth to become the Son of Man, to be the one that is our elder brother, the one that, that was a perfect example that faced everything that we face and yet never gave in to any of it. And because he never gave in to anything, he was the perfect example for you and I to follow through, to, to follow after. And he followed through and he went to the cross and he died, paid the price for us. So he has empowered us to be able to make correct decisions also. We don't have to screw up. And when we do, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. We're forgiven for the mistakes we make, and we can change what we do and make it right. Thank God for it. But that authority that He has, He came here to the earth to teach us how to operate in that authority. Because the Father 
And his success in the earth is determined on whether we operate in his authority or not. He set it up that way. That's not my ideas. I didn't dream that up. I'm telling you what he said. He said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but he gave authority to who? The sons of men. And Jesus became the Son of Man, the example for mankind. He paid the price for us so we could do the works He did and even greater works. And and, and I want to just go over a few scriptures that shows where it started with His disciples. Luke 9, 1. And He called His 12 disciples together and He gave them what? Power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Jesus gave His disciples that. And then in Luke 10, 1, we see, and after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before His face into every city and place where He Himself was about to go. So there were 12, and then there were 70. So there are 82 by now. And, and then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. The demons are subject to us in your name. They were excited because they were beginning to understand he was teaching about it. That's all he taught about, like we're talking about on Sunday. He talked about the kingdom all the time. God's way of doing and operating and thinking in the earth. That's, what, that's all he taught And he wanted you and I to be able to embrace the authority that goes with that kingdom so we're enforcing his kingdom in the earth. Not not just talking about it, but really living in the fullness of that kingdom in the authority that he gave us. So he gave it to the 70. They're all stoked and stirred up. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I mean, what He's given us is a win-win. He's given us authority to live on top and not underneath. And where we're living, where it feels like we're under and under pressure and underneath, it's because we're not operating in the authority that He gave us. Now, very simple scripture is found in um, James 4, 7. And it says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit yourself to God. Submit to what? God's way of thinking and operating. And God's way of thinking and operating is every single thing His Word says. Whatever His Word says, that's the way He thinks and that's the way He operates. That's what we've been given. And you have to believe that. I mean, just because I'm telling you that doesn't mean it's so for you. I know what I'm saying is true because it's so for me. But it won't be so for you if you don't really believe that. Because I promise you, there are people everywhere that could talk you out of that. And I'm saying tonight, submit to God, His way of doing and operating. Learn to do things His way. Every time you resist the devil, He flees. 
bar none. Because every time Jesus resisted the devil, spoke to the devil or demonic situations, I don't care what it was, and we're going to read a few of them here in a moment, every time he did that, it worked. Whatever the devil was doing, it stopped. Whatever the devil was trying to do to mankind, it would not prevail when he was around. Why? Because he believed in the authority that God had given him. Well, but you know, he was the son of God. No, he was the son of man. He was the seed directly from the sperm of God, the Father, right? Not from the... not indirectly through a man, but through the seed of God, the Father. But He was all man like you and I. And He came to the earth, left the riches of heaven to come to the poverty of this place so that we could become rich, strengthened in authority, in dominion in every area of our life. The reason Jesus was effective is He believed in His authority. Everybody say this after me. I have His authority. Not just any authority. I've been given His. I have the authority of Jesus to operate in the earth. Can you say amen? So, um, I, wanna, I, I just want to look at... I'm going to start in Luke chapter 4 and just read a little bit about the authority that Jesus was given. <clears throat> and I want you to notice as we read, I'm going, to, I'm going to read about three stories. And as we read these stories, I just want you to see the different types of spirits that Jesus dealt with. And I'll just say this, you've heard me say this many times. I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care what it is. You may not believe what I'm going to say right now when I say it. You've heard me. If you've been around here at all, you've heard me say it before. You may not totally believe it today, but it will. If you stay with God, this will bear itself out over and over and over again if you stay with God and you do His Word. People are not your problem. Spirits are. Spirits are the problem, the issue. People are not your problem. The more you take out your frustration on people, the more you're part of the problem. (laughs) I'm going to say it again. The more you take out your frustrations on people, the more you're part of the problem. What you're going to see as I'm reading these stories is everything Jesus dealt with had to do with the spirits behind what the problem was with the people. Luke 4 and verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. He was tempted, right? So I want you to notice his temptations, the temptations that came. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. 
But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. You think Jesus was hungry? Do you think that the temptation to turn that into some, you know, some of that Israeli really good bread with no processed flour and, uh, and it got honey in it? And oh my goodness, do you think the temptation was there after 40 days to like maybe, maybe command about a dozen stones to become a dozen loaves? Huh? <laughs> I mean, he hungry. No, I, I'm not going to let my hunger dictate my obedience to God. Jesus said over and over and over and over and over again, I only came here to do one thing, and that is the will of my Father. That's it. I came to do the will of my Father, my Father only. Not anything else, or, 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 or I, I didn't come to do anything that pertained to me. I came to do the will of my Father. So what he's doing is, He's saying, man shall not live by bread alone. Man shall not live by anything that is not the will of God. So, he didn't do it. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you. All this authority I will give you. And their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. In a moment of time, he saw all the kingdoms of the world. Is there some stuff out there that is tempting? So Jesus is all man. So what he could have said, if he didn't believe in the authority that he operated in, if he didn't really believe in that authority, what he could have said is, well, you know, what's that going to hurt? Well, you know, is what I've been taught for the last 30 years really the truth? He had every opportunity. I mean, is this really right? Is what I'm doing really the truth? He believed in his authority. I'm going to say it again. He believed in the authority that he had. Notice, notice part of the temptation was when he, when he took him up on the high mountain, it said, he showed him uh, all the kingdoms of the world in a moment time, and the devil said to him, all this authority. No, no, wait. He'd been taught for 30 years. He has the authority. God has the authority. So why would he go after an authority that he's already had? He, he's already got all authority. And he said, I'll give you all authority. I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me. Now, that was true right? Actually, it's half-truth. He stole it. He stole the authority from Adam and Eve that he had at that moment. He stole it from them, and as a result, he's using it, and he has every right to it because God gave it to Adam and Eve and never took it back. They gave it up, and now God has a plan for 4,000 years, and we're coming, as we're reading this, He's coming to the end of that 4,000-year period, and He's bringing authority back to mankind. And for the last 2,000-plus years, we've had all authority. Tonight, we have all authority. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Him. He gave it to us, 
and it's ours to operate in, I have to believe in it. Can you say amen to that? I have to believe in it. And he said, therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered him and said, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone or jump off of the temple that's 15 stories high and be an idiot. I mean, that's what he was tempting to do, you know? Oh, you can fly. You got wings. You can handle it. The angels will fly down and just sweep you up. He was trying to take him out. Remember, he was all man. He was all man. All man. Can you say amen? He was all man. He was Superman, but he was all man. He said, for it is written, you shall give your angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and he said to him, it has been, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him, from him until an opportune time. Think about Jesus in this situation that should empower you and I is, he was tempted, and when you're tempted, there's, you know, what people might think, temptations are not sins. Everybody's tempted. Jesus was tempted. The difference is, Jesus didn't yield to temptations, right? And he's empowered us if we are doers of his word, if we're developers of daily routine and developing an an understanding of God's Word so we can think and operate the way that He thinks and operates, then we do not have to yield to the temptations of life. Actually, I would say at that point, those three things that He was tempted really covered every temptation. I'm convinced of it. Those three temptations covered everything. You saw how vast that they were. All the kingdoms of the world. Think about everything that is a kingdom unto itself that is a temptation to your and my life. Get behind me, Satan. You have no authority to operate. I have the authority. And I'm telling you today, the authority that he has, authority I have, authority you have, we have to exercise that authority. Giving the devil no place to operate in your my life, giving him no avenue, shutting every door, giving him no avenue to get, to get his way and have a place in your my life. Because if we open the door to him, we allow him to remain and to stay, he will take up residency in there and he'll rule and reign. You can be born again and the enemy controlling your life, your soul, your mind, through all of the temptations and the open doors that we allow to open. All of us have have backgrounds. We've all come from somewhere, right? So we all have had the door wide open. 
So when we come into the kingdom and we accept Jesus, number one, you get born again, your spirit man becomes one with the Holy Spirit. And from that day forward, as we feed on God's Word and we receive the Word of God, Holy Spirit is there to reveal His truths to us, to renew our minds so we can shut those doors and not give the devil place in our life. Ephesians says, give the devil no place. In other words, when the temptations come, and they will, learning to receive from Him and be empowered by Him, believing in the authority that we have, then we can resist the temptations and not yield to them, not turn toward those temptations and give them no place in authority in our life. I'm just telling you today it can be done. I'm saying it to you, it can be done every single time. I don't have to give in to anything. When I think back on 44 and a half years of salvation for myself, about the time I was 18 years old, I got born again. And when I think of all the baggage that I brought into my kingdom life, all the, all the stuff, and all the stuff is just the result. I, I wasn't a bad person. There, there's nobody created bad. Nobody. It's the influence of the devil that makes people bad. I mean, that sounds kind of elementary and kind of stupid, you know, and people kind of laugh at that or whatever, but it's the truth. The devil made, there's no bad in God. And every human being on planet earth was created in the image of God, and God made everybody good. <laughs> Did you know you're good? He's good. We're created in his image, so we're good. So when people do bad things and they become bad and they, and they develop bad habits and it turns into all kinds of ugly and bad, I mean, I mean it, isn't it amazing the longer you live, sometimes you get astonished at how, you, how certain people can do things to other human beings that your mind thinks, how could they do that? Because of the devil. I mean, you boil it all down, it's devil. The one that tempted Jesus... In all those temptations, had he given in to those things, he could have ended up not being the savior of the world, but the mistake of the world. All the ugly things that could have happened, had he yielded to those temptations, he wouldn't have been the savior of the world. Listen, if you think he didn't have the opportunity to do that, you're deceived. He wouldn't have been the perfect son of man that could be the example that he never sinned, he never gave in to temptation, he never yielded in those directions. And if he, because he was the son of God, if he was in a position where he was protected that nothing like that could ever happen to him, then he's not the perfect example and the perfect sacrifice for you and I. We're the ones that have made mistakes. He died for me in spite of me. He died for you in spite of you. That's where the power comes from. I don't deserve it, so, man, let's get after it, <laughs> right? When you realize it's not, my, it's not my strength, it's not my ability, it's not who I am. You know, so much of the time you come across people because, because they're they're infant in their understanding of God's Word, and they think because they have a little revelation in a certain area that they're God's gift of grace and power to the planet, you know, and they've been, they, they can do everything. But, but the, the thing about it is, the more I live, 
the more, I, the more revelation that I get from God, the more I realize I don't know anything about God. I know what I know. I'm, I'm confident and I'm bold. But what happens is, you know, in, in, in the, the beginning years of my born-again life, man, I was learning, 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 learning. It was me and God, and I was learning. I knew all this stuff, and I thought, man, you know, I can accomplish all this, and I'd see people make mistakes, and i think, you know, those faithless people, those faithless wonders, why can't they get up and, you know, get over these situations? And then one day, some things happened in my life that I didn't think should have happened in my life, and I had to use my faith in a new way had to exercise my faith. And then what, what, what I needed was I needed deeper revelation of the knowledge that I had. I had tons of knowledge, but I needed greater revelation. So what happened, was, what happened at, 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 for a certain period of time that was kind of this vertical relationship with God became this horizontal relationship with God that moved out this way. So the more I know, the more I don't know. And that means I need to know more so I get to know more. And then I know the more I know, I don't, I, I don't know. And it, and, it, and it has to be that way so we can tap new regions and new areas and new heights in our life with God that we never knew were there. Otherwise, it just becomes stale. It's just stale. It's just, okay, I'm born again, and it's all great, and I've learned pretty much everything I can. And yeah, you know, I, I used to be excited about God back in the day, too, and so... <laughs> I'm more excited about God today, 44 years later, than I've ever been in my life. Amen? I'm ready for anything and everything that is out there to come. And listen, people look back on 2020 and think, you know, wow, we, we, we finally made it through, you know? It's not making it through. That was one of the greatest years. It was one of the greatest years that we experienced in so many different ways because of who we know. That's right. That's right. And, and I'm telling you right now, there's more stuff coming. And, and, and that's not a bad confession. It's because people don't know God. So all the stuff that anything that comes and is coming in the future and in the days ahead that it will be challenged with, is it bigger than God? Based on the authority that I understand and I live and operate in, nothing's bigger than God. And He lives in me, and He gave me His authority to operate in the earth, so it's a win-win. Did we just read in Luke 10 and 19? I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing would hurt you or harm you. What does that mean to you? Well, like, Pastor, you mean like I wouldn't get COVID? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm asking you, what does that mean to you? I know what it means to me, and I'm growing in that revelation and understanding more than ever before, but what does it mean to you? He's given me authority to tread upon all the evil in the world, and he said nothing would hurt me or harm me. And do I believe that? I believe it. I believed it to a certain point, probably 30 years ago when I got revelation from it. I believed it a little stronger, maybe 10 years later. I believed it a little stronger 10 years later. I believe it today, like I've never believed it before, that I've been given authority. 
to tread upon all the wicked and the evil of the world and nothing would hurt me or harm me? I have a greater revelation of that today. I'm not going to tell you what I think and what I think, you know, this can't happen. It's not about what can't happen. It's what can happen. It's what I can operate in. I mean, the absolutes of God in Scripture are staggering. I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over half of the power of the enemy. A portion of the power of the enemy. No, no, no. I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing would hurt me or harm me. I mean, I've got a greater revelation of that today. And you know what? There's things like that that you can't just share with everybody because not everybody can handle the relationship that you have with God until they're ready. Not everybody can handle that. And so you, you, you don't flaunt that. And if you're, if you're saying those kind of things in pride and you think more highly of yourself than you should, it doesn't work. You can confess it all day long. You can talk about it all day long. And if you're talking about it in pride because, well, you know, everything's pretty good in my life. Well, pride, becomes, pride comes before a, before a fall. And it's ugly. But in the ministry of Jesus, all he did was the word. When he was tempted those 40 days, the three temptations that we saw that came, he answered it with the word that he believed in. And it rebuked the enemy. He resisted the devil. The devil fled from him, right? And as a result of what he did, he was empowered to yield to the Spirit of God and what God thought about each of those situations instead of yielding to the enemy's ways. I don't, I'm, I'm not a yielder of the enemy's ways. I, I, I don't want to find myself yielding to things trying to get the best of my life, trying to take me down and to destroy me. Can you say amen to that? He didn't, God didn't create us that way. Another story found in Luke, in, in the same book in uh, same chapter, verse 31. Then he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath, and they were astonished at his teaching. For his word was with authority. They were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. You, you, know, you know what that means? That he believed what he was telling them. That's what authority is. You believe it. You're not just talking a good talk. You believe that what you're saying is true and it'll really operate that way. Can you say amen? We have to be those people. I'm telling you tonight, as your pastor, I'm preaching this word because I believe it. Not because I was dreaming up another message to preach, you know, and finding something to preach. I'm telling you, God wanted this word preached. And he told me this about two weeks ago. He brought this back to me and he wanted me to preach this to you tonight to remind you that you've been given all authority. Can you say amen? amen? They were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Now, in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. That was a real demon. It wasn't a fake demon. It was a real demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? 
Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out. Notice, when Jesus, if you notice Jesus' ministry, because he believed in what he was doing, he didn't, he didn't read him the right act. He didn't preach at him 14 chapters. What did he say right here? Shut up. Come out. That's what he said. Shut up. Come out of me. Had to come out. He was liberated and free right then, immediately. Why? Because Jesus believed what he said. People say, well, you know, if we've been given the same authority as Jesus, why don't things like, why doesn't something like that happen immediately like it did with him? Because we don't believe it. Because if we believed it, because of what he said in his word, then we get the exact same results that he said we would get if you believe it. So, that's why we spend our life developing our belief system to come to a place that when we say things that God's telling us to say, when we rebuke the devil in some kind of a way or another, same way it happened with him, it happens with us. Because God's no respecter of person. Can you say amen? He said, be quiet, come out of him. When the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Hmm. And will not hurt you. Giving you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt him. Hurt you in any way, shape, or form. He came out of him and didn't hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this is. For with, what? Authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. And the report about him went out throughout the whole surrounding region. What did he say to him? Shut up and come out. Simple. But to the point, what needed to be said, because he only said the things that the Father said. That's what we have to develop in our life on a day-to-day basis. If you're not developing day-to-day your ability to hear the voice of God through the Word of God and then following through with that, you won't see the results. How many have been watching The Chosen? Got to watch The Chosen. So, has anybody seen the little video clip of Dallas Jenkins interviewing the guy that kind of helped him start The Chosen. Anybody seen the little video clip? I just saw it today. And I think, I think it was from today. So here, here's the story. So Dallas Jenkins had been trying to, you know, get in, involved in the movie industry. And he had, the, the, he had made a movie. I, I'm not sure what it was. But the movie flopped. And when the movie flopped, he and his wife were at home, and they were crying and praying and asking God, you know, what, what, what's going to happen? What are we doing? I mean, wh- why didn't this movie make it? And, and you have to go back and watch it. I may have missed a little piece here or there, but he said, he said that the Lord told him, you know, I haven't called you, I haven't called you to feed the 5,000, you know, like this massive thing. I've just called you to do my will, in other words. 
But that's what, that's what they heard that. So he heard it actually a day or two before he had heard that, just in his spirit. God saying to him, I didn't call you to feed the 5,000. So on this little clip on, on the Instagram, um, on this video on Instagram, he is, he, it's, you know, it's two different videos or pictures, and it's him in one side and this guy named Alex, I think his name was, in the other side. And Alex is standing in the Chicago airport about to get on a plane. This was just today. And he said, um, he said this is the first time in two years, we've, we, we, Alex and I have communicated since the beginnings of The Chosen. We've communicated. This is the first time I've ever seen his face. It was really strange. It's the first time I've ever seen his face. But this is what happened. Alex, an American, was living in Romania at the time. And he had followed... Dallas Jenkins, you know, the, the creator of The Chosen, director and all that, he had followed um, Dallas on the movie he was making. And he was in Romania, and so he said, you know what, I haven't seen that movie come out, I want to see what happened. Well, he, he checks it out, and he sees that it's flopped, and he didn't do anything. And he starts thinking about it and praying for Dallas, he, and didn't even know him, he didn't know him at all. And he was in Romania, so the time differences, and it was like three or four o'clock in the morning, and... And he's, uh, this guy, Alex, is walking to the grocery store with his mother. And as he's walking, he heard the Lord say to him, you need to text that Dallas Jenkins guy and tell him, I haven't called him to feed the 5,000. And, and, and they're both talking, and Dallas can't even talk, he's just weeping, you know. And, and he's talking about, if it hadn't been for this guy, there would not have been a chosen, you know. Well, the guy Alex gets on, or he, 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 after Dallas talked, he starts talking, and he goes, he says, uh, you know, I know Dallas has given me all this credit. He said, you guys are the ones done all the work. But he said, the thing, he said, I'm just, I'm just a vessel of God. And he said, but the thing I want everybody to hear is this. Because of what Dallas said about what I did, think about the impact that can happen in and through your life if you hear from God for someone else and you deliver that to them, how it can change the world because this is the most impacting series that the world has ever known. This chosen series is what this guy said. I said, look what's happened. And he said, it's a result of me from what Dallas said. And he, he kept going to that. What Dallas said, it's a result of me hearing from God and delivering him that, that simple word that confirmed to him exactly what it was God was showing him. And from that came the revelation of the chosen, and it happened. Why? Because this guy had to have a relationship with God to be able to hear from God, right? So you develop your relationship with God through his word to know him. So the Holy Spirit can reveal things like that to you. That guy knew the scripture and the passage about the 5,000. It wasn't, it wasn't foreign to him. And it's because he had a relationship. But he heard God. He obeyed God and it produced the results. I'm telling you today, that's the ministry of Jesus. That's what he did, right? And that's what he did to be the perfect example that you and I could follow after so we would be empowered to do the exact same thing so we can make the difference in the earth. Amen? I'm telling you today, if you're hearing God, if you're developing a relationship with God and it's ongoing, you are changing the world. Your life is changing the world. It's changing the world. So I don't care. Don't listen to people about how bad everything is, how bad it's going to get. No, not, not in the world I'm living in. That's right. 
You know, I'm not saying that there's, I'm not denying that there's ugly things and bad things going on. There are. But those things are changing because I'm hearing God and I'm doing what God says. How about you? How about you? Huh? We're hearing God and we're doing what He says, just like Jesus did, and, that, and, and believing in the authority that He gave us because the reason it happened with Jesus is because He believed in the authority that He operated. Can you say amen? Verse 38. Now he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. But Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever, and they made request of him concerning her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and served them. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases, brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And the demons also came out of many, crying out and saying, you are the Christ, the Son of God. The demons were saying, you are the Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. He was. What was that? Why did Simon's wife's mother or Simon's mother-in-law, why did, was she healed? Because of the authority that Jesus walked in. And then in the 8th chapter, and the 22nd verse, now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were and, and, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water and they should obey him. Who is he? Who can this be? In other words, they were saying. I mean, Jesus rebuked. He rebuked spirits, we see. He rebuked the wind, sickness. He, re, he rebuked religious spirits. <clears throat> and, and in this life, he wants you and I doing the exact same thing. Right? With every temptation, everything that... It, tempts you, that tries to lure you, you have the ability to yield to God and not to the temptations. We have it. It's inside of If you're born again, then it's on the inside of you. The ability to not yield in the wrong direction. Because what happens is when I, re, when I yield to the temptations, then it removes God out of the equation. When I yield to the temptations, I'm giving the temptations the control in my life. That's what Satan was trying to do with Jesus. Tempt him with all the kingdoms of the world. Everything that was a kingdom, any kind of authority in the earth, it's all yours. Tried to tempt him. No, I already have all that. I already have all that. He knew the authority that God had given him. And because of that, he didn't remove God the Father out of the equation. 
he was empowered even more to accomplish everything he was put here to accomplish. Same thing with you and I. You yield to temptation. You yield to other ideas. You yield to ways of thinking that are not lined up with God. You remove him from the equation. And I'll just say it like this. You're on your own, bud. You're on your own. And I don't know about you, but I've been on my own, and that ain't fun. I don't want on, on my own. I want, I want him in the mix. I want him in the equation. He's the answer to everything. Everything you and I face, he's the answer to. And he's given us that authority to operate that way. And, and when he's in the equation and I'm believing in it, man, it's a win-win for me. He's, his is already a win. Everything he's done has already won. But it becomes a win for me when I believe in Him and I believe in the authority that He's given me. Christ in me, it's the hope of the world. Christ revealed in you and I is the hope of the world. No other hope. There is no other hope. I just love this passage. I'm just going to read it to you. And I'll end with this. John 14 and 12. Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in me, this is Jesus telling his disciples and all those who are following, at least 82, there were more by then. By this time, there were a whole lot more than that. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. The works that I do, he will do also. I'll read that first part of that verse again. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes... In me, the works that I do, he will do also. Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that interesting, the way that he said it? It's not just believing in him in the form of what we consider salvation. It's believing in the works that he did. If I believe in him and I believe the works that he did, then I'll do the same works he did because I believe in him. How would you believe in him and not believe that he said you could have the same thing he had? Well, I just believe in him, but I, I overlook this. And he said, in even greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask, look at the absolutes. Man, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Well, you know, I'm just going to, my next door neighbor, he's a piece of work and I'm just believing he's going to die. I'm asking for it. I'm asking for that. (laughs) No, no, it doesn't work that way. No, whatever you ask that is His will. You can have anything you ask for when you know it's His will. So your asking is in line with what He tells you to say, and then you, get, then you have what you say. Did you hear me? When you have a relationship with Him, you don't ask for stupid things. But I'm telling you, He's an extravagant God wanting extravagant things for his people, wanting much for his people. I'm not just talking about wealth and riches. I'm I'm talking about an extravagant life. 
of peace and joy and, and wholeness and soundness of mind and sweet sleep at night and, 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 and a body that's healed and healthy and whole and prosperous in everything that we set our hand to. That's what He wants for us. He wants that more than anything else. But only comes, you know, the Bible says, you have not because you ask not, but you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. And the Scripture goes on just saying, to, you're asking just to squander on your own flesh. That's not prosperity. That's not advancement when it's just about me. We're living our lives blessed to be blessings. That's what we're here for on the planet. Amen? But we got to know how to navigate the blessing. It's not just giving something to somebody. It's doing what God says. Hearing his voice, doing what he says, because I have that relationship with him. Can you say amen? amen? I've said this many, many times before, but in everything that you and I face, just, just think about this as I close. God makes a way where it seems like there's no way. But I'm said a little bit different this time. So, so God makes a way where it seems like there's no way. Because before it seemed like there was no way, God already made the way. <laughs> so when it comes to me and it seems like there's no way and He's already made the way, then I need to get the way from Him. And when I get the way from Him... What I'm walking into and stepping into is what He's already made available for me. And that goes in anything in life. I don't care what it is. You can touch on every area of life, and I'm telling you, that's in every area of the life that we have. So today, I'm, I'm grateful and I'm thankful for everything that God has done I'm thankful for everything God is doing, and I'm thankful for everything God is doing in the future that He's already done in the future, you think about it, because He's made a way where it seems like there's no way, but before it seemed like there was no way to me, He already made the way. He's already paved the way. So how grateful today are we of all that He's done, all He's doing, and all He will do? Today, I rejoice and I thank Him for it, and I speak that and declare that over each and every one of you tonight. Come on, let's just thank Him in the house.